a lot of people started talking about this, and there are some podcasts that are right out of Michigan. One of these is the Eric Zane podcast. Eric Zane, who was fired Ooh. from Eric Zane, he was. Uh, he I know. Was a, I know. He was <laughs> know, uh, part of a morning show. I think it was called Free Beer and Hot Wings, and then somehow he got fired, and now he's doing his own show. He was the guy that was on WATP, Who Are These Podcasts, the first time I was Cringe of the Week when I had the meltdown on Rubberneckers. Absolutely lost his mind at the clip, too. It was glorious. Yeah, he thought it was funny. Go down in history. Well, I didn't know at the time that Eric Zane was a Nazi. But yeah, so, and then, yeah. I'm bad. Good morning. I need to wash my car. Really important votes. to the Eric Zane Show podcast. Now here he is, the man I wish was my daddy, the super talented Eric Zane. Welcome into the Eric Zane Show podcast. So glad you are here. Yeah. This is a daily show where I discuss news, nonsense, and my personal adventures. Monday through Friday from the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio. Baldwin Ace Hardware, a beacon of DIY awesomeness in the Northland. If you say, hey, my sciatica is acting up. That is something that old people like me say, oh boy, I'm having an issue with my sciatica or my gout or my psoriasis. Oh God. Yeah, that's, uh, that's me right now. Now, the extent of the diagnosis has been Kyler, who is the assistant to the third assistant to the guy who cleans the bathroom assistant at the chiropractic shop which is quackery to begin with. I don't know if that's true. I actually have gone to chiropractors. Some are quackery. I don't think Kyler's is. He's like, yeah, you have have sciatica. It's an inflammation of that nerve bundle in your, in your ass region. It radiates to your back and your, and your hamstring. And I think he's right. Uh, Fuck, it's just brutal. And that this is something that you hear of old bastards getting. Sciatica. And so it it 
hurts like hell. I medicate it with uh, Tylenol. Cannot take any type of uh, Motrin or anything like that. What are they called? NSAIDs? Anything like a leave? I can't take that. I'm not allowed to because that's filtered by your kidneys. And obviously, I don't want to put any stress because I only have one. So, But Tylenol is fine. I'm not complaining about that. And it works. But this is a uh, this is a bummer. You know, honestly, I got on the treadmill yesterday and I feel like I can run through a wall every time I step on my with my right leg. There's no problem with my right leg. The problem is with my left leg. So I'm reminded every half second of uh, how much it sucks. So getting the workout in, yeah, I can I can do it, but it's just I don't know. It doesn't feel great. Tomorrow Tomorrow, I go see uh, Byers. And uh, I, I think a lot of these uh, problems that I'm having right now, and Byers is my doc for my yearly physical, it, it's because of uh, uh, sitting for too long because I have pain in uh, in the bottom of my hands. I've talked about that many times, and I finally figured out that um, I need to just stretch them. So if you catch me doing this pose, I'm stretching uh, the this these muscles and stuff that are on uh, connected to my uh, hands to forearms. It's just, uh, there's that, or you'll catch me. You'll catch me with this leg up like this. And I'm doing this one, you know, kind of like stretching it out or, uh, or maybe, or maybe this one with the leg kind of up. This helps to some degree. Uh, Physician Amanda says, I need to buy a gamer's chair. Tim says, do the podcast standing up. Oh, God. I want you to know. Okay, I don't know what a gaming chair would do to help a person to avoid pain, but it sounds ridiculous. You have to understand this is a this is a high end chair uh, by one of the major manufacturers in office furniture in West Michigan. It was gifted to me. Okay, so I I think that this is ergonomically. An adequate chair. I don't. I, I would be surprised if the chair was the problem. You know what I think is the problem? Me and age. Sit on a ball. It increases core strength. Wow. Okay. So we've got eat more fiber now. Sit on a ball. Buy a video. A gamer's chair. A jumping jacks and burpee breaks every twenty minutes. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to talk to buyers about this tomorrow. I think usually what they say for sciatica, they, uh, the treatment is, um, icing and heat pads and strength building. I would guess, and stretching. That is important. I I would be surprised if Dr. 
diagnosed gaming chair. Foam roller, I think that that one's good. Can you take a leave? No. I can't take, uh, I don't, I don't think I can take Advil either. I can only take Tylenol. That's what I was told. Eric, you can only take Tylenol. But it is just barking at me. Uh, I'm also starting to think, speaking of uh, bodily things, that I will be uh, bathing the NFK for life. And you know, I am okay with that because that will ensure cleanliness. You know what's on my mind right now? If I leave this summer for any amount of time, what is going to happen to the man? Uh, I don't think I can convince my any of my children to scrub the NFK. Hell, Diana would not do that. There's only one person for that job, and that is me. And we uh, ha- are like a well-oiled machine now, okay? Uh, Wednesday, tomorrow is haircut day. So it's, it's take the, uh, take the shower and then it's haircut day. He's got, his hair is uh, absolutely out of control because we haven't gotten a trim since, uh, well before his surgery. So the, his, his, um, his eyebrows look like fucking Andy Rooney's before he died. And, uh, the hair growing out of his ears, it looks like a couple of fucking party favors. So your old pal, Eric Zane's got to give him the old trimmy trimmy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think if I just kept bathing him even well after this recovery ends, I don't think he'd mind. Um, but that, that might be weird. I don't know. I think I have to broach the topic about when he can take over, but you know, he walks with a cane and stuff like that. So. I'm just going to have to play it by ear. I don't even, I don't want to uh, insist that he graduate into bathing and he's extremely unsteady. Okay. And that's what concerns me. I know I joke a lot about having to scrub his asshole and his uh, non-existent uh, uh, pecker there, which is just hard to look at. My God, it looks like a little teeny tiny bird in a scrotum nest. It's uh that's what it is. And his balls hang so damn low because the sack was all stretched when he had that hernia. It is just a, I wish I could take a picture of it and show and show you his genitals. But I'm not going to do that. You're just going to have to rely on my vivid descriptions. <sighs> all right. Could be worse. Could be worse. No complaining. Just like I don't want to hear complaining about gas prices, okay? The world is in turmoil right now, and uh, every time I even think about complaining, I see like some mom uh, walking across Ukraine with her child, and they're they're hungry and they're they're tired, and I'm like, hmm, fuck, man. It's going to be expensive to take the motor home out this year. Oh, oh no. What am I doing? Oh, my God. Could be worse. No complaining. Everybody just shut up. Okay? I did that. Uh, I don't. And, and I'm not. Um, I've seen 
um, opinions from various people. I try not to look at the opinions on Facebook. I pretty much use Facebook for news uh, on my news feed to get stories for this show. But um, depending on where you go, you can get various bits of blame about the reasoning for the way gas prices are and inflation. And uh, I am not going to say one way or another what I think. I, I don't have an idea. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, various people have uh, different opinions as to why that is. And I don't know. I don't know what to believe. Um, so there's that. I won't, I won't dive into that because I am completely outgunned. Most people who have an opinion about it have gotten those opinions from other sources. Uh, people writing shit down, uh, podcasts, you know, which usually have some type of agenda. And so everybody throws that shit out there and no one really has any idea why. Okay. I am not one to lay blame. Speaking of the uh, NFK, yesterday, I had to have a discussion with him. This is all about the, okay, it all boils down to the amount of uh, horrible messes that have been left behind. And by the way, I got a question for Dear Meathead concerning the microwave. It was uh, from Aram for Dear Meathead, and and this is just so dumb. Uh, He writes, Dear Meathead, a very fine morning to you, sir. I have a friend who complains about how people in his house are not following his rules for using the microwave. Hold on a second, you dumb fuck. Rules? My only rule is don't leave eight pounds of peanut butter on it. Well, actually, I don't even have a rule for the microwave. I just get frustrated by the amount of food that dries on it. I've never said shit. I've never said, hey, uh, scrub the microwave when you're done. I've, I've never spoken of that. What the fuck are you talking about? So I don't have rules for the microwave. I don't have rules for anything like that. I'm just constantly cleaning up dried food and peanut butter and smudges. Can I, can I point that out? I have a friend who complains about how people in his house are not following his rules for using the microwave. Then at his job, he doesn't like that the rules management implemented for using the microwave have become too strict and he doesn't have time to follow all of them. This is such a bullshit question. Sounds to me like he wants to have special privileges. What do you think, meathead? What the fuck? That is such shit. Oh, boo. That is that is really, really manipulated to make me look bad. When do I I don't have rules on the microwave. I don't I don't go around and say, hey, you gotta take the time off. This all comes to us because uh at the uh there at at the hockey office, there's a big bit of drama because when people use the microwave, they don't clear out the time if there's a few seconds left. And that has led to all sorts of anguish and warring parties in the hockey office. Yeah, this is bullshit. This is a bullshit question. Anyway, getting back to what I was talking about. Um, 
My big issue with the NFK has been, well, a couple things. Not cleaning up after himself. So he will uh, indiscriminately uh, take the hot pocket, put it on the countertop, salt it, and then most of the, well, first he sprays it down the hot pocket with fucking, uh, I can't believe it's not butter spray, and then salt it. So the salt salt sticks to it and, and pepper it. And then, you know, there's an absolute shit show mess. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Can you put it on a paper plate? I got a whole stack of paper plates here. Go get a fucking paper plate and uh, and, and do that. So, oh, everything's a big revelation. Oh, I go, I go, you know what? You can even save the plate so you don't have to use it. You use a new plate. I mean, if you want to use a new plate, you can, but just leave this one here and use it several times if you want. I mean, this is this is all simple shit here. I mean, that I cannot believe that the idea of just setting it down on the countertop was... Uh, Okay. I mean, what are you, a fucking caveman? So now he, he does do that. Um, it turns out that uh, that works for the most part, but there's still salt that flies all over in various spots that I have to clean up. Not as bad, though. Then the other thing he does is he, um, he uh, anything that uh, he cannot open, he cuts with scissors. So, and his hands, again, don't work like yours and mine. It would be like if you had, uh, you know, lobster hands or Mr. Crab from fucking SpongeBob trying to open up the uh, bag of cereal. You open up the box. First of all, he opens up the box. It rips every time, which it's useless. And then instead of uh, opening it up carefully where it forms its own spout, he just cuts the corner of the fucking bag off which means that the cereal now is going to pour into the bowl, but then it, it's not going to go back into the bag. It's going to go into the box now between the box and the bag, and it's a shit show, and then he doesn't close the bag, and then it gets stale in one minute. So it's like, dude, fucking unbelievable. Um, then he, he the bacon bits. The other day I look into the fridge in the bacon bits, and two-thirds of the bag of, of – uh, stuff you put on like a salad is actually out of the bag and inside of the fridge. It's, it's everywhere. And I go, what the fuck happened here? It's like someone put a hand grenade in the bag of the bacon bits and put it in the fridge. And so then I, I, I look at the bag of bacon bits and it has a Ziploc at the top of it. It comes with it. And apparently that was a problem because he cut the fucking corner of the thing, destroying the Ziploc destroying the container to keep it fresh. And then somehow, I don't know if he, uh, whatever he was putting the bacon bits on, he let, set it in the fridge and then dumped the bag because there's bacon bits all over the fridge. And I'm like, okay, I understand the using the scissors to open it. I actually do. Because if you can't manipulate the ability to open the bag, you got to get it open somehow. And you're hungry, you're hungry. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's it's fucked up, but there's nothing I can do about it. But it's the whole, you can see you just trashed my fucking fridge. Clean the fucking shit up. I don't give a fuck what you do. Some uh, Tell me then. If you can't clean it up, let, let me know. I don't know. So I go, Kevin, did you eat the bacon bits? Yes, 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 I did. I go, well, dude, it's a fucking war zone in there now. Can you, you gotta, 
You got you have eyes. You got to you got to look at this. You got to clean up after yourself. I, why, why do I have to clean it? Oh, fucking shit. I'm sorry. Fuck shit. Um yesterday we have these uh you know, spongy drying mats that if you do any dishes by hand, you put the dishes on the drying mats next to the sink. Now that's the new spot to prepare food because he uses a scissor. He cuts open the frozen whatever. Well, I think these were potato cakes because a lot of crumbs came out. And then he sets the the fucking potato cake on the the mat. This is where, you know, you put the dishes there. And then he prepares the fucking thing on that. It's like, dude, we just talked about the goddamn uh, uh, a plate. And I, I come walking down the steps and I, I see this, all these crumbs from the hash brown, the potato cakes all over the thing. And there's the, the dishes that were drying there have, have, I can't believe butter spray on it. And I'm like, and then the corner of the potato cake wrapper that he cut is, uh, is laying there. The scissors are laying there. Your job is not done when you get your food. Look at this. Kevy. Yes. I don't know what it is, and I hate to always harp on you, but you cannot prepare your food on the drying mats. You must prepare the food on a plate. How many times do I have to tell you this? Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. It's like, you're fucking with me, aren't you? Son of a bitch. Are there cameras everywhere watching the, the steam come flying out of my ears? Oh, I honestly, I like I don't ask that much. Just, I mean, there, there, there's all sorts of things. If you just think that you can do, and he's like, oh yeah, you know what? Sorry. Sometimes I forget. It's like, ah, I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that. You forget. You don't forget to eat. You're just. I don't know what the fuck it is. You're just tempted too much by the hot pocket or the, or I had a potato cake. Shit. <sighs> Thank you for being here and allowing me to gripe about my real world problems. On Twitch, twitch.tv slash Eric Zane live. Please follow me there. Regardless of how you get the podcast, please follow on Twitch. Thank you. Brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. They also sponsor the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page. Follow me there. Where today at, uh, well, in 10 hours, I'm free. I have served my seventh 30-day, well, not uh, seventh 30-day suspension. My uh, seventh um, punishment you know, they, they increase in severity each time by uh, Facebook. I have a new plan in place to keep myself from getting banned. Uh, you all should take bets as to how long it's going to be. Maybe I should make a post on Facebook. Whoever is correct will win a prize. Follow me there. On Twitter, at Eric Zane Show on Twitter, brought to you by Blue Frost IT. And I'm on YouTube as well. Eric Zane Show on YouTube. Brought to you by Frank Fuss, my policy shop insurance. Follow the page. Subscribe to it. 
and um, hit the hit the uh, bell notification so that you'll know when I go live. Dear Meathead, tomorrow Aram already sent one question. It's stupid. I don't even know how to explain that to him. Uh, what's the word? Pithy. Make them more pithy. Come on. Keep it simple. Why, why do all these questions on Dear Meathead have to be some type of attack on me? Just ask a question for God's sake. Send them along, Eric, at ericzaneshow.com on the Shoreliners striping. Um, wait a minute. I'm screwing that up. No, I'm not. On the Shoreliners striping inbox, eric at ericzaneshow.com. Unreal. Okay. Little show and tell for you. Hopefully, you remember Professor Barry Mailer. Ferris State University. This is his <clears throat> video introduction to his class. Uh, I may have fucked up my life flatter than hammered shit, but I stand before you today beholden to no human cocksucker and work in a paying fucking union job and no limber dick cocksucker of an administrator is going to tell me how to teach my classes <laughs> because I'm a fucking tenured professor. So if you want to go complain to your dean, fuck you, go ahead. I'm retiring at the end of this year and I couldn't give a flying fuck any longer. You people are just vectors of disease to me and I don't want to be anywhere near you. So keep your fucking distance. If you want to talk to me, come to my Zoom. Okay. Now, I'm going to bump, bump ahead to the end. In our first assignment, you're going to tell me how the last two years have been for you. Last semester... He's reading, by the way. This is uh, his introduction to the class. I had a lot of students tell me how the pandemic has affected their families. Many students' families have suffered serious financial problems because of the uh, so they run small businesses. Others told stories about missing their grandparents on Christmas because of COVID. They didn't want to expose grandma and grandpa to a disease that could kill them. Listen up, folks. I'm old enough to be your grandpa, and you people are <laughs> vectors of disease to me. So when I look out at a classroom filled with 50 students, I see 50 selfish kids who don't give a shit whether grandpa lives or dies. And if you won't expose your grandpa to a possible infection with COVID, then stay the fuck away from me. If you don't give a shit about whether grandpa lives or dies, by all means, come to class. Now, before any of you go running to complain, and it happens every semester. <laughs> Dr. Mailer said, we shouldn't come to class. Dr. Mailer said we shouldn't come to class. Let me clarify my attendance policy to you. First, let me explain that professors have complete discretion with regard to attendance policy. Many professors, for example, allow three unexcused absences, while other professors do not take attendance uh, 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 and require attendance at all. My classes are all designed to be taught remotely, and everything you need to earn an A is available to you on our Canvas page. All right. Um, without getting too deep into it, it's um, he's utilizing the pandemic to uh, express his point, uh, and what that that rant at the beginning actually was a clip from Deadwood. The TV show uh, made pop uh, years ago was on HBO. 
and um, he's known to be this type of brashness. He's he's uh, his historically uh, that type of uh, a loudmouth, and it's every year it's the same thing. But for some reason, uh, it became a problem this year because the video went viral, and many people have uh, have seen it. So. Um, that became an issue and, uh, he, um, I think he, he was suspended and then he tried to, uh, get reinstated this, uh, from January, late January. New tonight, a suspended Ferris State University professor will not be immediately reinstated to the classroom. 13 on your side's Nate Belt joins us now with the latest. At Juliet, yesterday we learned Barry Mailer officially sued Ferris State over his suspension for a profanity-laced video criticizing the school's COVID-19 policy that went viral. Now today, a federal judge says despite the request, Mailer will remain suspended. But there's really nothing to investigate here. That's why the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, or FIRE... Sorry about the volume, it's, it's low on their end. ...provided Barry Mailer with a lawyer. On Wednesday, his lawsuit was officially announced. He's suing the university, university president David Eisler, and the College of Arts dean Randy Cagle. We made a determination that, yeah, this is protected speech because, uh, you know, at public universities, faculty have First Amendment rights, they have academic freedom. The lawsuit says Mailer has suffered personal humiliation, mental anguish, and is suffering due to the university's actions. This has been extremely stressful. They have dragged me through the mud. They've dragged me, you know, it's just, they've made my life miserable. Dog's crying. says he's had his rights as a teacher taken away. They have wide latitude to decide uh, how to teach their courses, how to deliver course content, even if some people might find their speech offensive or, or distasteful. And it appears Mailer will still have to wait more than a month before he's in the classroom again. The judge set March 7th as the date for a hearing on his bid for a preliminary injunction. Julia? I know a story you'll continue to follow, Nate. Thank you. March 7th was yesterday. All right. This is how it went down. Um, this guy wants uh, he wants to get back to work. You know, he's like, come on now. This is ridiculous. The judge will not reinstate Mailer. Uh, a judge declined yesterday to reinstate him. Uh, he was uh, suspended with pay in January for that video. He said his free uh, speech rights were violated. And uh, as you just heard, but U.S. District Judge Jane Beckering turned down a request for a preliminary injunction. According to the online case file, Mailer uh, has said his 14-minute video was simply a performance to get his students, quote, juices flowing. <laughs> Used profanities and made a sexual reference as he rambled on about his attendance policy, grades, plagiarism, and COVID-19. So, I mean, I get it. Some of you get it. Um, and this is, in my opinion, absolutely perfect. Uh, this is a great plan to get people excited about the class. I mean, think about it. It's, it's, a, it's a wild, wild uh, a rampage of, of acting and hilarity. And if you know that you're dealing with a lunatic or maybe a person who's acting like a lunatic, you're probably going to be inclined to uh, uh, check out the class. 
I, I, I wish more people could understand the method to this man's madness. It's great. I mean, if I was a college age student or going back to my college age, I would love this. I would love to hear what he had to say. Boy, it would stick with you, wouldn't it? You know, having that type of curmudgeon uh, style as he's doing his thing, would you uh, please let him do what he's uh, trained to do, and that is educate? These are adults he's teaching, for fuck's sake. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot. These are adults in 2022, which means they're hurt, they're offended, they want action, they want him canceled, they want him fired. They don't get jokes. Uh, hell, hell, half of the people who saw it probably killed themselves because that's the go-to response as opposed to taking a deep fucking breath and thinking, ah, all right, let's uh, see where this takes us, see where it goes. No, no, no. You got to freak out, and it's the end of the fucking world. All right? That's what we're dealing with. Well, I say fuck all these kids. And fuck anybody who's got a problem with this guy. This is bullshit. Mailer has a well-known and celebrated provocative style, said his attorney in the court filing. And that's true. If you were to look him up, I mean, this guy has a, a long list of credentials of what he has done in the past. But Ferris State said the video could not be ignored. Quote, a college professor has no right to call his students and administrators sexually harassing, discriminatory, or profane terms to excite them about his class. It is simply wrong, said Robert Verveve, an attorney for the school. And that is that. I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, is that the end of the case? It might might be, unless he takes it up, because this was a uh, a district court judge, U.S. District Court Judge uh, Jane Beckering, who turned down a request for a preliminary injunction according to the online case file. So, I mean, I'm sure there are other things that he can, he other plays he can make. And this guy seems like the type of guy who would stick to his guns and wouldn't just roll over. So I suspect we will hear more about this. I love this guy. Marcy says it's Eric's mentor. That that would be me if I had enough knowledge to be a professor. Chris says they're a bunch of snowflakes. Cole says he wants to get back in the classroom since Russia cured COVID for the world. Oh, you're such a dick. Shut up. Megan says this guy is great. Melissa says these young people need a safe space. Need a safe space to tweet about how hurt they are, says Kyle. Skin so thin it's transparent, says Adam. Aram says the language was offensive. Yes! Chris says, for sure, he's not done. Kate says he should punch the students, bounce them off the concrete wall. No, no, no. That's only for young kids. Come on now. You know that. 
Aram says, is that how you taught podcasting school? I doubt it. Well, no, but that's me. Um, so what if I did? This guy goes out on a limb for his students. That was a wonderful performance. That was fantastic. PSN Bleach writes, if only he had raped a student, he'd be teaching still and the university would be covering it up. Well, that's, that's ridiculous. Come on now. This isn't the NFL. All right. So that's the latest on Professor Barry Mailer. The Eric Zane Show podcast has a Patreon. I finished this show up and then we get after it on Patreon. 15 plus hours of content every single week. I publish something it, uh, almost every day of the week. Sometimes every day of the week. Uh, Monday, Lost Zane Recordings. Tuesday, smarter than a former drug dealer trivia. Wednesday, nothing. Thursday or Friday, the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast. Also Thursday, the Insane Asylum, my two-hour music-driven radio show on Northern Michigan's Q100. You get it before it airs and without commercials. Friday, another round of the Lost Zane recordings. 15-plus hours of content, not to mention every day. I take it back. Every day, Monday through Friday, there's something released because I forgot all about my Patreon bonus, which is what I do after this podcast finishes. So every single day, something goes up there. And uh, you can enjoy it for as low as, well, under 5 bucks a month. If you sign up for a year, uh, you're going to get 10% off. So less than 5 bucks a month. You That will give you the entire audio archive. And any new audio, the $10 a month, all the audio, all the video, all the live streams. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. The open of this show brought to you by Gift of Life. March is National Kidney Month, okay? This is very, very important. I want every single person who is listening to this show to go to giftoflife.com. Or, I'm sorry, it's giftoflifemichigan.org. I got that 0% right. You can also get there by clicking on the Gift of Life Michigan logo at ericzaneshow.com. Giftoflifemichigan.org. If you have not already done this, this is so very important. This portal will allow you to become a donor of your organs in the event that uh, something unlikely happens to you and whatever, you know, um, you can save eight lives and improve the lives of more than 170 people with a tissue donation or cornea donation. You just go to giftoflifemichigan.org, click here where it says become a donor and then register, click on register now, and then that's it. This is binding. This is all you have to do. It's going to take you five, well, not even five minutes, one minute to get all this in there, and then that's it. If so, if you get run over by a train, you're, you're good to go. You're going to save somebody's life. So be a hero, please, and in the unlikely event that something bad happens to you, your organs will live on. I know it's weird to talk about, but this is incredible. 
incredibly important. There are people waiting right now to have their lives saved. So go to the registry, sign up. This is not a living donation, which is what I did. This is this is different. But still, uh, you can affect um, an amazing number of people uh, if you go to giftoflifemichigan.org. Thank you. Tim says, you just... You, you don't let the train run over the organs that you're donating. Yes. Yeah. Be careful about what happens to your organs. That was just an example. Ah, this guy would have had eight organs, would have saved eight lives, but he uh, decided to uh, get hit by a train. Oh, God. Okay. Blue Frost IT. The managed IT service provider. For the Eric Zane Show podcast. If you are a small or a medium-sized business, I want you to consider reaching out to Blue Frost IT. First of all, to be your business's managed IT service provider. So in the event that something uh, gets off the rails at your business, you are already in the system. You have your own staff of managed IT service providers who will work for you. That's what I do for this show. And if I can if I can swing it, you can swing it. That's the managed work. There's also a project work. If you're retrofitting the office, they can uh, put line drops in, maybe new construction. Let them outfit your office with everything you need to make your network run smoothly. Looking for a computer equipment upgrade, you need to sit down with a complimentary consultation. My point is anything you need, They can take care of you at Blue Frost IT, 616-200-8550. That's 616-200-8550 for Blue Frost IT, online at bluefrostit.com, hands in website. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, We're talking gun school. If you want to uh, be walking around with a pistol concealed in the state of Michigan, you you can open carry, but I'm not really a fan of that. It's just silly. Why do you want to announce to the bad guys that you're the one who's armed? You're going to be the first one shot. Um, It's uh, safe to say that... um, if you're walking around with a concealed pistol, you'll never have to uh, take it out of the holster. Uh, but I choose uh, to live. And in the event that something crazy happens, like, oh, I don't know, some madman walking around Meyer stabbing people on in the back, which happened two weeks ago, Clyde Park. You can be ready. It's a good idea to have a pistol by your side. I don't care who you are, man or woman. The first thing you need to do is not buy a pistol. The first thing you need to do is take the class. Uh, They happen usually every month in either uh, Allendale or Holland Township, Michigan. 
Steve Prince, retired U.S. Army major, teaches the class. Get more info by clicking on his logo at ericzaneshow.com or by going to princearming.com. Call or text 616-204-1705. Okay? Typically, the classes are on Saturdays. Sometimes they're on a Thursday, Saturday, or a Wednesday, Friday. Uh, you're going to put in eight hours of class time, one way or the other, either over two days or one day. The Saturday classes are all one day. And you get there early in the morning, 8 o'clock start, then you're done uh, by early afternoon. 616-204-1705 for Prince Arming. The class costs 125 bucks. Sign up. Take the class. You then can apply for the pistol license. Uh, if you don't have any felonies on your record and you pass the background check, you'll be fingerprinted. Next thing you know, your pistol license will show up in the mail. All right. Thank you for not bumping ahead on the sponsors. Are you a bump ahead guy on the sponsors? You realize that's that's really bumming me out. Would you just relax? Let me Let me do this. Again. It's a tough world to be in when you're trying to tell people about the businesses that keep you alive and you're going to bump ahead. This is for folks on the audio podcast later on. You bump ahead, man. Then my message is not meeting the um, need. You know, you might have a need or something and you're never going to know about the message because you're bumping ahead. Besides, how many times have I been doing a message, a podcast uh, advertising message, and then shit gets off the rails or I say something stupid or something ridiculous happens? I mean, come on now. I need you. So don't bump ahead. Come on now. All right. That's enough on my soapbox. Um. Things from Ukraine. Talked about this, uh, and I, I wasn't able to get the video yesterday. This one comes to us. All right. Drone footage. Ukraine forces shoot down a Russian attack helicopter. Attention, home. Oh, boy. Hold on. There's a, I got to hit skip ad. Okay. There's a drone that was recording this footage. Here you go. The following is drone video of a Stinger missile taking down a Russian MI-24 attack helicopter. It was taken by the Ukrainian fighters who send these invaders to the afterlife. There was no audio with the drone footage. So it picks up after the Stinger has been deployed. And... I'll pause it at that moment before the big moment of truth. So you got this attack helicopter just kind of, okay. Here, look at it. It's off and running. The stinger is flying through the air. Here's that attack helicopter. The guy flying this is like, ah, this is so great. I love this new Ukrainian land of ours. This is incredible. Oh, I just love it here. This is going to be awesome. I'm going to buy, I'm going to own this farm. And then all of a sudden, Oh, yes. Oh, fuck you. Oh. Whew. 
This is why Zelensky is like, send me more of that shit. I need more of that. Look at this. Here's the slow-mo. Oh, here we have a, a millisecond before it hits. And then, yes. Down she goes. Wow. Uh, I was just reading before I started the show that uh, 30 Russian uh, planes have been shot down. The 40-mile convoy that was supposed to provide the armor attack into Kiev is still stalled. They All the idiots ran out of gas. Russian military officials uh, have said that it's a clusterfuck of an invasion. And as sad as it all is, uh, the Ukrainians are still holding their own. Zelensky, in a bold move, is um, showing his whereabouts, speaking from the Capitol in his office. Um, wow. Uh, there's also some, some other stories that I want to get to about the mindset of some of the soldiers. And um, I'm going to get that uh, story in a second, but I want to show you this. I talked about it on the Patreon yesterday, but I haven't yet broken this down. This is um, Sky News, these British reporters driving down the road, and then they come upon an ambush. So let's get into this. The Ukrainian people are being attacked from the air, from artillery, from ground troops and tanks. The debris of this war litters every street. But the government has warned for days of Russian saboteurs who've infiltrated the country to bring terror. Death squads who are attacking civilians in their cars as they flee. They do exist, as we found out. Oh, that's a bullet. That was a bullet. Okay. No, it wasn't a bullet. It wasn't. Something blew up under us. Something went bang. Okay. Oh, there's a big... Okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, check this out. They're taking heavy fire here. Holy shit. Stop! Did you see the tracer? We think it's a Ukrainian checkpoint and a mistake, so we identify ourselves. British journalists! 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 Can anyone? You right, Is everyone okay? You okay, Dom? So this guy's like, oh, okay. These reporters are like, okay, they got the message. Obviously, hey, nobody hurt here, but uh, oh my God, thank God that's over. Have to get out of this, but the rounds keep coming. It's a professional ambush. The bullets just don't miss. I tell you right now, this uh, this chick 
and this guy have nerves of steel. I would say she's the calming factor here. She's like, yeah, it's okay. We just got to get out of here. She's looking for a place to go. And this guy's just screaming like a bitch. You see that somebody just took off. For those of you that are listening to the audio podcast, I, uh, I'll include this. You got to see this. Reporter was like, "Fuck this! I'm, I'm gonna start doing a zoo coverage. I'm done. This no more. No more am I doing this." Stop! Stop! Journalist! I'm hit, but escape the car, and with producer Dominic Van Heerden, we make our way down the embankment. Where are? Camera operator Richie Mockler has taken two rounds to his body armor but is still stuck in the car. He okay, he said he's hit. I uh, I don't know if he's injured, though. Runs for it in a hail of bullets. This makes me nauseous. It's like when I played Call of Duty. I'm not kidding you. I feel queasy right now. Stop, 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 stop. Okay, guys. Keep going, keep going, keep Stuart. Go on, Stuart, I'm running. How are they still alive? I mean, they're, they're driving just, it's not like they're driving an armored vehicle and they're all okay. The five of us have made it out of the car, down the embankment, and we just can't believe we're alive. Let's go through there behind that wall. She's like, don't mansplain to me. I'm in charge of this fucking thing. We run into a warehouse. I cannot believe how slow these guys are. Watch this. Shot dead. He's like briskly walking. I'd be like the fucking flash. Three caretakers beckon us inside. Spider caught a fly. It's like that scene in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah. I see my... like, is that a rain? Producer Martin Val starts coordinating a rescue plan with Sky staff. We know any rescue will take hours. We're stuck, fighting outside. We've no idea what's going on. This is the reporter. This is when he gets famous here. He's like, I need FaceTime. I'm going to be a millionaire. He's standing in front of acetylene torches. Yeah, or acetylene tanks. That's great. Good one. We're in a garage. I've never understood that. It's garage. I'm going to be the next Wolf Blitzer. Now, this is what these reporters live for. This is how they get famous. After a mammoth logistical effort, we were rescued by the local police. We were lucky. Thousands of Ukrainians are not. Wow. And every day, this war 
gets worse here. Holy shit. You won't catch me complaining about gas prices. My God. All right. I thought that was incredible footage. Absolutely incredible. The uh, vigilante online online vigilante group Anonymous is uh, up to their tricks. They have hacked Russian state TV with footage from Ukraine. I guess the idea is that people that live there, almost like with that, uh, you know, like in North Korea, they're they're not really aware, at least that's what we're told, of how the real world is, you know, uh, and that they're being fed a certain level of uh, information, the Russian people, um, about this. Now, I'm guessing by the protests by the Russians, Russian people, there have been a lot of protests by Russian people. A lot of Russian people have been detained because, uh, well, the Russian uh, government doesn't like that. So that's uh, fucking amazing that they would even show their faces knowing that that could be it, you know. Um, So now Anonymous is getting footage of what it looks like in Ukraine and peaceful people being slaughtered and then throwing it onto Russian state TV, which is fucking great. Uh, Late Sunday, they shared footage of channels that are forced to air pro-Kremlin footage, instead showing shocking scenes of missile attacks that killed innocent civilians. A message also told Russians this war was waged by Putin's criminal authoritarian regime on behalf of ordinary Russian citizens. Russians opposed the genocide in Ukraine, it says according to a translation by Ukrainian National News Service. Uh, the operation came after Russia's parliament passed a law Friday that threatens up to 15 years prison for journalists who question the Kremlin's official stance on what it calls its special military operation against fictitious threats. The official anonymous Twitter handle, at News initially said it hacked Live channels, Russia 24, Channel 1, Moscow 24, as well as Russian streaming services, Wink and Ivy, which is like Netflix. In an update, Anonymous TV said all Russian state TV channels have been hacked. Hackers also reportedly jammed Russian airways with audio of the Ukrainian national anthem and broadcast troll faces on Russian military radio. There's screenshots of it. It's all written in Russian. I can't obviously read it. It was part of the, quote, the biggest anonymous op ever seen, according to the group. We only want peace, not war, anonymous said, adding it feared false flag campaigns to make it look like it was a threat. Quote, remember us when various powers turn their attention towards us because it will happen. We can change the world for the better. That has always been the idea. Ideas are bulletproof. Signed, hashtag anonymous, the group said. In another tweet, anonymous simply said, Fuck Putin. Meanwhile, captured Russian officers are apologizing to Ukraine for genocide and begging for mercy. Russian commander captured by Ukraine condemned Moscow's genocide invasion, saying in a remarkable televised statement, 
that the troops were duped into believing Kiev had been overthrown by Nazis and needed to be liberated. I, for some reason, I don't believe this one. For some reason, I feel that, I don't know, um, the captors, the Ukrainians are telling them to say that. I don't know why I think that. It just seems too crazy to me that they would believe that. But maybe, I mean, who knows what these guys have been told. National Guard Lieutenant Colonel Astakov Dmitry Mikhailovich was captured along with two other soldiers. Said he had been told that they were being sent to help Ukraine because it was dominated by a fascist regime and that nationalists and Nazis had seized power. I mean, how stupid do you have to be? Oh, okay, sounds good. Obviously, this information was unilateral information. In a video that emerged Monday, uh, I play it, but they don't speak our language. The colonel said his doubts were further confirmed when he found out that his favorite boxers, Ukrainians Oleksandr Yusik and Vasily Lomachenko, planned to fight for the resistance. That was the thing that led you believe your favorite boxers were fighting for the other side? And you're like, ah, oh, shit, we fucking, we were duped. The captive begged for mercy from Ukrainians and said he was ready to go to jail for taking part in the brutal offensive. I feel shame that we came to this country, the colonel said. I don't know why we were doing it. We knew very little. We brought this sorrow to this land. Telling reporters that he was speaking freely, the high-ranking officer apologized to the Ukrainian citizens who have come under direct fire by the invading forces. I cannot find the words to say sorry to the Ukrainian people, he said, adding he would understand if Russia was never forgiven. The POW also urged Ukraine to let Russian troops live. Well, they are going to let them live. Their moms have to come pick them up. Okay. Um, as this unfolds, first of all, I don't think that they'll be successful in taking the country and, like, making it theirs. These things never work. Um, I don't care how mighty you are. And then as the circle kind of um, uh, squeezes around Putin as time passes, I guess my concern is that this sick fuck lobbing some type of nuclear weapon um, to, in effect, cause a tremendous loss of life and could very feasibly start World War III. And that frightens me. Uh, I discovered an article that I'll link up that in the event that a nuclear uh, bomb is detonated, um, anywhere near you, it is possible to survive. Minutes to hours after a nuclear blast are critical for survival. Disaster experts explain how to protect yourself in a worst-case scenario, and I can't believe I have to talk about this. I remember when I was a little boy um, during the Cold War, there was a lot of talk about this, and I remember it frightening me. In fact, there was uh, when I was a, a school-age boy, there was a uh, TV show on network TV, like a miniseries or a one-day, three-hour event called The Day After. 
day after TV show. 1980s. About what would happen if there was a nuclear war. Yeah. 1983. And I remember it was really bad because, you know, 12, 13 years old. I freaked out. I remember laying in my bed crying that the world was going to explode. So that uh, I haven't really thought of that since then. Um, according to this article, the minutes to hours after a nuclear blast are critical. The potential for radio radiation exposure decreases 55% one hour after an explosion and 80% after 24 hours. The first thing they tell you to do is never look towards the explosion. If you do that, there's a good chance you'll be blinded. You can be 20 miles away, and if you look at that, you can be blinded. I know this sounds ridiculous, but you never know. Um, according to this, Russia's nuclear arsenal is capable of striking just about anywhere on the planet. If a single weapon was launched at the U.S., residents would have 30 minutes or less to find shelter, assuming they were immediately warned of the attack. If Russia launched a weapon from international waters just outside New York, East Coast cities like New York, Boston, D.C., you might have 10 to 15 minutes to prepare. You wouldn't even have time to get your kids from school, according to this expert. The minutes to hours after nuclear blast is a critical window, uh, which I already read that. 55% one hour after uh, from the radiation exposure, 80% 24 hours after. Immediate action during these first few hours, like covering your eyes or hunkering down in an indoor shelter, could mitigate your risk or death or serious of or serious injury. Here's how to protect. The U.S. does not have a sufficient warning system for nuclear threats. Hawaii learned this lesson in 2018. Remember this one? When the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency sent out an erroneous push alert to people's smartphones warning an inbound ballistic missile threat. Holy fuck. Can you imagine that? They're like, no, oh my God, not again. It caused chaos. People just totally ignored it. And some people went into panic mode and were jumping down sewer drains with their children. My God. The best way to learn of an impending nuclear attack would probably be TV or radio. Yeah, uh, not here. It'd be all voice tracked. You'd have an inbound nuke. And you'd have Eric Zane playing the fun hits that you know. Those without immediate access to news reports could hear sirens, he said, but the noise might be confusing. By the time you Googled the sirens or called the police department, your time would have run out. The best course of action is simply to avert your eyes. When a nuclear bomb strikes, it sets out a flash of light and a giant orange fireball. A one megaton bomb which is 80 times larger than the one that blew up Hiroshima, which is very common. Can you imagine that? 80 times more powerful than the one that leveled two pretty uh, large cities in Japan. Would temporarily blind people up to 13 miles away on a clear day and up to 53 miles away on a clear night. 
Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends dropping to the ground with your face down and your hands tucked under your body to protect from flying debris or sweltering heat that could burn your skin. If you have a scarf or a handkerchief, cover your nose and mouth. Make sure to keep your mouth open so your eardrums don't burst. God, from pressure. Single nuclear weapon could result in tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of immediate deaths in a major city like New York or D.C. The number of casualties depends on the size of the weapon, where it's detonated, and how many people are upwind of the blast. Survivors of a nuclear attack would have about 15 minutes before sand-like radioactive particles, known as nuclear fallout, rain down. So it's like snow. And... You don't want that anywhere near you. If you're exposed to that, you will get radiation poisoning, and that's going to be gruesome. That will damage the body's cells, and it will kill you. So get in shelter. Uh, Look for shelter in the opposite direction of fallen buildings. You want to go in the direction away from the wind. Go as far as you can in the next 10 to 15 minutes and then immediately seek shelter before the radiation cloud descends upon the earth. Best shelters are buildings like schools or offices with few to no windows and a basement for camping out. If there aren't sturdy buildings nearby, it's still better to be indoors than outside. You think I'm kidding about this? I'm not reading this to be funny or entertaining. This has become a very real thing. I take this shit seriously. I'm going to link this up. So you can read it on your own and take the necessary steps in case something like this happens. I am not bullshitting here. If you take cover in a multi-story building, choose a central location, steer clear of the top and bottom floors. If the building has windows, stand in the center of a room. Shock waves can shatter windows 10 miles away, resulting in flying glass that could injure people nearby. The hours after a blast are critical for reducing radiation exposure. Doctors can often treat radiation damage with substances such as potassium iodide, though there are certain dose levels that you can't do anything about. But in a disaster scenario, there may not be enough physicians or hospital beds to care for everyone. Honestly, I think it might be a great idea to have a fucking ready kit of potassium iodide, have a generator ready to go, and a supply of uh, resources in the event that this happens. So you can hunker down in your own bomb shelter. I mean, why not? There are not enough empty there are not enough empty burn beds in all the United States to deal with even a single nuclear attack on one city in the US. We're gonna have to take care of ourselves. People who are outside during an explosion should shower as soon as possible, making sure the water is warm and soap is applied gently. Scrubbing too hard could break your skin, which acts as a natural protective barrier. Also cover any cuts or abrasions while rinsing off. Don't use conditioner, body lotion, or face cream after exposure to a nuclear blast since these products can bind to radioactive particles and trap them in your skin and hair. I bet you didn't know that. Your old pal Eric Zane is saving you from death right now. Blow your nose, wipe your ears and eyelids since debris could uh, could get stuck in these places. The NFK. Hey, I tell you what. Uh, my experience in cleaning his asshole is going to help us stay alive. The CDC also, I don't trust them. This is bullshit. It's Zane. You cannot quote the CDC. 
They don't know anything. I am going to go out and be exposed because uh, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't live under fear, Eric Zane. Faith over fear. This is so stupid. How can you believe this propaganda, Eric Zane? The CDC says that this is all what we should do. You know it's bullshit, Eric Zane. I don't trust them, man. I'm talking about you. The CDC also uh, recommends sealing out outer layers of clothing in a plastic bag along with any tissues or cloth used to wipe your body or face. There's more to this. It's safe to consume food from sealed containers such as packages, bottles, or cans. You can also eat items from your pantry or refrigerator as long as you wipe off containers, cookware counters, and utensils. But anything left uncovered such as fruits or vegetables from a garden Unsafe. Unless you're told to go outside, it's best to stay put until the risk of contamination has gone down. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, I don't trust them, recommends staying indoors for at least 24 hours after a nuclear explosion. There you go. So if you're in the blast zone, you're fucked. If you're not, you can live. Melissa says, does anyone really want to survive this? I hope it hits my house so I'm oblivious. Well, I'll tell you what. I love uh, dystopian movies, so this might be fun. You know? This might be fantastic for me. It'd be like the fucking Maze Runner. All right. No, I want to live. Are you kidding me? I don't want to die a terrible death. Are you nuts? I'll link that up for you. It's very interesting. I found that a great read. Horrifying and scary. If shit hits the fan pool party at my house, well, you you only have a short amount of time to get over here. Arc Flash 480 says it sucks your getaway property is next to an Air Force base. <laughs> Definitely a target. Yeah, I thought about that too. We won't be going to Fear Bunker North. We're safer here in beautiful Hudsonville, Michigan. Kyle says, will this be like Mad Max? Do I get to drive a big rig or jacked up truck across the desert? Maybe. Chris says, quote, this might be fun. Signed, Eric Zane. Also from Eric, I get sick playing Call of Duty. That's true. That clip with the the movie, the film Cloverfield messed with my head. All right. Now, maybe if one just gets lobbed in a major population center, we can be unaffected. But you know that that's not going to happen. It's going to be like war games. Kyle says West Michigan is protected by thoughts and prayers. Oh, okay. All right. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage, don't skip ahead, reminds you that they can help you with a mortgage. I got to stretch out my sciatica. 
So I'm going to do this entire um, commercial break, stretching out my leg. Oh, Mario says he can get you into a mortgage. It'll be very easy for those of you that have an amazing credit score. Any person who does mortgages can do that. The ones you want to talk to, though, are the ones that can help the person who's, you know, struggled a little bit uh, navigate that process. Mario turns no one away. I'm not kidding you. Some folks who do mortgages. They're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, let me uh, let me pass you off to somebody else because they want the big ticket one. Mario knows that he's building a customer base. So, you know, it doesn't matter if your credit score is 800 or your credit score is uh, 520. He's going to help you the best he can. Uh, and he can do this for anyone in the nation with the exception of people in South Carolina, Maine, Alaska, and Hawaii. So before the big bomb hits, get a mortgage. 231-332-6505 for the Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. You're like, Zane, what what exactly are you doing? Well, if I keep this foot out like this, it kind of like works that muscle group in my hip and and just provides a tremendous amount of relief. Ugh. Stretching helps too. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, this is fucked. Frank Fuss says, if there's someone in your family, do the other leg too, um, who's about to turn 65 or currently utilizes our country's Medicare system. This is, this is two-tiered here. If someone you know or love already has Medicare, it's very important that they reach out to Frank to get a Medicare checkup. He is the Medicare Advantage Plan expert. And quite literally, all this is going to involve is a phone call or a text to Frank. And then Frank is going to talk to your loved one for about 10 minutes. And then he's going to get to work to find out if their policy is perfect for them. Now, quite often he comes back and says, look, I can get you even better coverage and you're paying less for it because people who utilize the Medicare system to pay for their premiums, it comes right out of their social security check. Okay. Like the NFK, that was the case, but his policy kind of stunk that he had. So he got an even better policy and it, it cost him even less than what he was paying. Don't ask me how that works, but that is how it works. The $91,000 it cost for his, um, bionic man neck rebuilding cost him $1,200. It would have cost 20% of 91000 had we used his old policy before Frank got involved. You see what I'm talking about? So all I'm asking you to do is suggest to your loved ones who are 65 already and utilizing the Medicare system is to reach out to Frank for a checkup. And you should do that every year. 616-914-4070 today. Frank's services are free. This doesn't cost your loved one, anything. So whoever in your family is utilizing the Medicare system, um, help them through this because, you know, sometimes these people that are that old, like, I'm not, no, everything's fine. No, just, just don't fuck with me. No, trust me. You have to convince them of this. 
616-914-4070. Also, if you or someone you know or love is about to turn 65 and utilize the Medicare system for the first time, you need Frank as your guy to help you um, get through all of this because there's a bunch of hoops you got to jump through and it's kind of a pain in the ass to get started. And typically, it's quite easy for a person to make the wrong decision when it comes to their Medicare plan. And then, uh, well, that's what happened to the NFK. Get into something that you don't exactly want that isn't that terrific for you. All right? So if you would, you would really, really help me on my show if you did one of those two things for that type of person who already has Medicare or is about to utilize the Medicare system. Um, because Frank is a ball breaker. He's like, Eric Zane, yeah, I am all about uh, one year of marketing, but I need three people a month on average for the, to have an appropriate return on investment. So, you know, I got to make this happen. If it doesn't, I'm in deep shit. So if you could bang on Frank's door today and let him know that the Zaniac audience is all about supporting him in his efforts. Again, free service for your loved ones. Call Frank today. Call or text 616-914-4070. Mention my name. Eric Zane sent me. We need your help with Medicare. It's all you got to write. He'll take care of the rest. Just do what he says. Got comedy this weekend. Fullhousecomedy.com. The only comedy venue, well, series of comedy venues in West Michigan. You know, Dr. Grin's closed down. They're they're done. The only place to get comedy is now Full House Comedy. Darren McCarty is back. Wednesday. He's going to be at the Park Theater. Thursday, he's going to be at Creston Brewery which is known as Grand Rapids Comedy Club. Tickets for Darren on the Slapstick Comedy Tour um, can be purchased at fullhousecomedy.com. All right. If you're lucky, Darren might even burn one with you after the event or before the event. Darren McCarty in town. Get tickets by going to fullhousecomedy.com. Okay. An NFL player has been suspended for the year for gambling. His name is Calvin Ridley. Plays for the Atlanta Falcons. He's a wide receiver. I have never understood why that is the worst thing that a athlete can do is gamble on sports. I don't understand it. And they always cite the integrity of the game. It's like, well, the integrity of the game, who gives a fuck? I mean, you can you can quite literally beat the shit out of your wife and your kids and less is going to happen to you than gambling on the game. In fact, I think it should be encouraged. I think it should be a rule that you have to gamble on the game. That would make it more interesting. 
You should be gambling during the game. Not only should you be gambling on your team, uh, the players should be actually playing slot machines on the sidelines. That would make this even more interesting. I don't know why that would be more interesting, but it would just be ridiculous. Calvin Ridley suspended for at least all of next season. After this past season, he gambled on football. The NFL released a statement Monday announcing his suspension, saying he gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November of 2021 when he was on the non-football injury list to address his mental health. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a break. You see, that's what people do nowadays, you know? Um, you can actually say that. You can say, go up to your boss and say, hey, boss, I'm going to take uh, the next 11 years off. Um, and they're like, wait, what? Yeah. I, well, you have to let me, I'm, uh, I'm addressing my mental health. So, uh, and I, I believe I'm going to get paid for that too. I believe I've decided that I'm going to get paid and I, I'm going to take a break and address my mental health. And then if your boss says, no, I'm, I'm going to need you to work for your money. Um, you have options. You can either kill yourself or you sue them. And um, so that those are the only two things you can do nowadays. You know? And so that's what this guy was doing. He said, I am addressing my mental health. He stepped away from football on Halloween, saying he needed to get his personal life in order. Yeah, don't we all? In a series of tweets Monday after the suspension was announced, Ridley said he bet $1,500 total. And then he said, I don't have a gambling problem. I believe him. He also tweeted that he couldn't even watch football at the time he made the bets. He added that he's just going to, quote, be more healthy when I come back. And that, quote, I know I was wrong, but I'm getting one year. LOL. <laughs> All right, so yeah, probably not the smartest guy in in the uh, in the league, but uh, they're all stupid to begin with. So who gives a shit? Uh, the NFL determined that Ridley placed a multi-legged parlay bet, placed multi-legged parlay bets involving three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons to win via his mobile device out of state. A source told ESPN's Adam Schefter, how is this found out? The NFL, it says right here, the NFL learned of Ridley's betting activity through its relationships with the legal sports betting industry. Wow. A source told ESPN's David Purdom. So there was a rat. So if he, whatever, goes, yeah, you go to the uh, DraftKings uh, Sportsbook app and, uh, you can bet on this, that, and whatever. They said, hey, this guy plays in the league, and he we just saw a bet from him. So that, let that be known. There is nothing more fundamental to the NFL's success and to the reputation of this is from the league and the reputation of everyone associated with our league 
than upholding the integrity of the game. Though we don't mind when players punch their wives in the face, gambling is the worst thing you can do. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said some of those things. In a letter to Ridley notifying him of his suspension, quote, this is the responsibility of every player, coach, owner, game official, and anyone else employed in the league. Your actions put the integrity of the game at risk. We may turn a blind eye to women getting bashed and brutalized, but we cannot have this threat to damage our public confidence in professional football and potentially undermine the reputations of your fellow players throughout the NFL. Though most of them have terrible reputations to begin with because they bash women in the face, we cannot allow this to happen. Roger Goodell continued saying some of those things. For decades, gambling on NFL games has been considered among the most significant violations of league policy, warranting the most substantial sanction. I don't understand that. In your case, I acknowledge you. Com- I acknowledge and commend you for you promptly reporting for your promptly reporting for an interview and for admitting your actions. Okay, great. Uh, the NFL said its investigation uncovered no evidence that Ridley used inside information or that any game was compromised in any way. I know this. If I am a player in the NFL uh, and, you know, I can see why it's such a, uh, I mean, I can see why the NFL would say that because you got some guy who might like, ah, fucking, uh, through someone else, an intermediary, place a, a bet. That's the smart way of doing this. That's where this guy screwed up. He made the bets. You got to have someone make the bets for you. And then you'd like, uh, oh, I had a bad game, coach. You know, they hand the ball off to you and you whoop, you just throw it in the air. Or you go to tackle a guy and you you miss. Or, you, or you're, you're trying to catch the guy for the long touchdown and you, you act like you're hurt or something like that. I mean, that's all fair. I think that that should be allowed. That would make the game more interesting if we had actual gambling going on. Uh, the list of players busted for gambling in 1963, they were Alex Karras and Paul Horning. 1983's Art Schleitzer. Boy, he was he's just a disaster, this guy Schleitzer. 2019, some guy named Josh Shaw and then Calvin Ridley, the only people that have ever been suspended by the league. Schleitzer, oh my God. That guy, um, if you look up the gambling history of this guy and how it started. I think he, his dad took him to the track one day and that's how it started. Um, yeah, he played for Ohio state. He's a great quarterback at Ohio state under Woody Hayes. And, um, by the time he went to started going to Ohio state, uh, he was already lost in gambling. Um, in Ohio, he never lost a game at quarterback in the late 1970s. 
His gambling habit began in high school with a visit to the horse racing track near Columbus. Actually, his dad wasn't involved. He, had, he and several friends, friends pooled their resources to bet on a race, and he won. And that was it. That was all it took, which is why I don't, I don't gamble, because that's me. I would do this. He quickly became a regular at the track and uh, remained his favorite track over the years at Ohio State. Um, though very successful, he was gambling that whole fucking time at that same track. Um, during his college career, he was spotted at the track with a prominent Ohio gambler. Although the Columbus and OSU police departments became suspicious, the athletic department felt it lacked enough evidence to go to the NCAA about the, uh, about the matter. He gets drafted by the Baltimore Colts in 1982. And then right away, I mean, shit. Um, even before the Colts picked him, he already owed bookies several thousand dollars. He was given, he blew his entire $350,000 signing bonus by midseason. Not only was he a degenerate gambler, he was a shitty degenerate gambler. His gambling spiraled out of control during the 1982 NFL strike. He lost $20,000 betting on college football. By the end of the strike, he had at least $700,000 in gambling debts. Years later, he said his massive losses stemmed from desperate efforts to make good his previous losses. After losing 20 grand in the first week of the strike, he doubled up the next week and lost again, starting a cycle that would continue for years. Oh, my God. So he didn't do shit in the NFL because he was too busy gambling. Schleister played for the Detroit Drive of the Arena Football League in 1990 and 1991. Uh, Why am I mentioning this? Because I remember as I was an intern on the Ken Calvert radio, rock and roll radio show on 101 WRIF at that time, uh, Ken Calvert says to me, hey, Schleister's coming. Let him in, get him some coffee, and uh, we're going to talk arena football. I go, holy shit, Art Schleetster. And uh, so I open up the door, and there he is, this huge dude. And I go, oh, my God, Mr. Schleetster, call me Art. How you doing, Art? Come on in. Sit him down, get him a cup of coffee. And uh, I'm in the green room area, and my job is to kind of warm him up. Well, and then I get, uh, they, you know, I bring him in when they go to commercial. So I'm talking to him, and I go, so how's it going? You know, I mean, I know this guy because I followed football quite a bit back then. And he goes, well, I'm just uh, looking to get back in the league, but uh, I'm loving my arena football life with the drive. And they ended up winning a championship. He was extremely successful in the arena football league, but he blew everything on uh, fucking gambling. Uh, he had yet to be incarcerated. He spent, uh, he spent uh, like tons of years in prison. So he's talking to me and he goes, yeah, you know, I'm just putting all the gambling behind me. He's lying to me. He's never, ever stopped. Never stopped. Um, and he ended up, he ended up uh, f- uh, fucking that up. Uh, he announced he was retiring from football shortly thereafter. He instead, instead wanted to focus on his radio career. Where do gamblers go? Radio. And curing his gambling addiction. Um, Evidence came to light that he was forced to retire from the league because he was actually betting on AFL games. Holy shit. 
the extent of the addiction continued on, and um, then the arrests started to happen. Um, he kept saying, oh, I'm, uh, I'm rehabilitated. He'd go to prison for gambling. It's just complete shit show. There was, um, God, I was reading this about a judge. He was released from federal prison on August 18th, 2020 and transferred to Ohio state custody to serve the remainder of his sentence. His lawyers had attempted to get the remainder of whatever sentence he had waived for health reasons, all concerning gambling. Um, however, the judge, Chris Brown took a dim view of the request saying that Schleitzer was quote past the point of rehabilitation and has never shown that he would conduct himself appropriately if released. The judge added that he was sympathetic to his health concerns. He's an old man now and would have more than been willing to grant an early release if there was any evidence of remorse. However, Brown said Schleitzer had demonstrated over and over that he could not be trusted. He was finally released last summer, uh, June 14th of 2021. Very, very sad. He now has Parkinson's disease, side effects of numerous concussions, suffered over 20 years of football and no doubt getting his head slammed against walls from bookies. And uh, that's it. Was mentioned in a prison break episode in 2006 was the subject of season 11, episode 14 of American Greed, titled Art Schleitzer, All-American Fraud. I had no intention of bringing him up until I saw his name as being one of the five who have been uh, uh, kicked out of football, five or six kicked out of football for um, doing this exact thing. And... I interacted with him. Yeah, yeah, just looking to get back into the league. Put this gambling pass behind me. All right. Uh, Threads podcast, Life Unfiltered. Love these guys so much. Let's see what's uh, what's cracking in their world right now. Um, the latest episode of Threads podcast, Life Unfiltered. I think we talked about this. It is episode 170. Finding inner peace, setting boundaries, taking a break from alcohol and weed, and trying to find a good therapist. Wow, do the guys burn? I I, I didn't know that. The guys had so much fun hanging out with Chris Talon. From the very beginning, the show was a mixture of fun and thoughtfulness. Even trivia was a mixture of fun and thoughtfulness. When the guys got into the meat of hanging out with Chris, oh God. They, dis- they, they discussed his upcoming book, which sounds like it's going to be an amazing read. Jace- Jason and Mike hope Chris does an author read audio book because what's better than a great book being read to you by the author? Jason and Chris have some air to clear from some past hurts. And while it was an uncomfortable conversation, it was a healing conversation. Are you hearing this? This is what you get on this show. Conversations and healing. Oh, my God. From there, Jason, Chris, and Mike have some deep conversations about being shunned, taking a break 
from weed and alcohol and how to find a good therapist. They got links to their show. That's great. This is all fantastic. Okay. So this is what I'm telling you because, uh, and I heard from Rob who said that, uh, uh, all of this talking about other shows has led him to establish his own little, uh, network of shows that he taps into and it all comes from this show. So that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Um, so these guys are, uh, a lot of people are becoming fans of them that listen to this show. And so keep it up. That's awesome. Threadspodcast.com is where you go, uh, for their website, but you can download the show anywhere. It's a once a week show. And, uh, usually it's a pretty quick listen hour, hour and a half at the most. So there you go. 170 episodes in the can. And, uh, thanks again to these guys for being on with this show. I remember back in the day, I had, there was a scenario on the radio. How many five-year-olds could you take in a fight? And I I still maintain that, um, well, all of them. If you stacked up, if 55-year-olds attacked me, um, The thing that I would do is uh, the, 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 the first bunch, I mean, I think it'd be foolish to just start swinging at them one at a time and breaking their noses till they go down. You need to actually get one as quickly as possible and um, grab them by the feet and use the child as a weapon. So you're swinging a kid at other children because the head is hard. So, um, and then once that children, once that child is, 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 uh, is useless, just a bag of bones, you get another kid. So this is, you use the child as a weapon. That's my technique. I was shocked. Uh, when I read. That a Florida teacher, I had to read the headline like three times. A Florida teacher beaten and hospitalized after an attack by five-year-old student. Okay. And I'm like, well, I am all about this. Let's get to the bottom of this one right now. How could this possibly be? But the level of of anger and and violence and rage and intensity that has happened to this teacher is is not the norm. Police say a five-year-old in a pre-K class at Pines Lakes Elementary School in Pembroke Pines allegedly attacked a teacher at the school Wednesday morning. According to the police report, the student continuously hit the teacher after he and a four-year-old started to throw things and flip chairs. Police say they found the teacher sitting on the ground against the wall. She was, quote, feeling faint, weak, and dazed before she started coughing and dry heaving. She was then taken by ambulance to the hospital. Anna Fusco, Broward Teachers Union president, represents the teacher she describes as wonderful with 13 years of teaching experience. Fusco says the five-year-old with special needs. By the way, this lady there, I don't think they, they could have kicked her ass. Did you see those powerful hips? Holy shit. 
continuously attacked the teacher after she was on the floor and unresponsive. She says the teacher was put on a ventilator at the what? hospital. She was caught where he actually ran and attacked and jumped on her with his whole body weight and she fell and, you know, hit her head, which caused a severe injury and other bodily injuries where she's going to need surgery. Fusco says this is the third time the teacher was taken from the classroom in an ambulance. What? Injuries from the same student. Oh my God. This is the third time this crazy little fucker has attacked her? What the fuck? She says the student pinned the teacher under a bookcase. She lost consciousness and was treated for a concussion. The Broward School District just released a statement to us saying, quote, the safety of our teachers, staff, and students are always the district's highest priority. I don't think they are. Because it's the third time she's had to be taken. Oh, fuck. You got, uh, I tell you what. They talk about the uh, teaching profession is, is thankless. This is, this is uh, an absolute uh, truism right here. She's getting fucking uh, nearly killed by this little fucker. District is not able to provide any additional information and defers to Pembroke Pines police. Well, we need uh, uh, teacher Eric in that classroom. I would, I would welcome that opportunity. Uh, my God. Now, there's more to this story, though, that might reveal to us what is happening here. This uh, apparently is a special needs child. Now, this is going to hurt, but I think this is going to add some credibility to the uh, the descriptor that has kind of uh, said that those with special needs have superhuman strength. Um, if only there was a uh, term that could be used that uh, makes it easy and quick to say that was acceptable in society, I would be using that. Uh, but I can't quite think of one right now. But I, I think we need to look at the uh, and come to grips with the possibility that um, our beloved special needs children have the strength of uh, 11 or 12 uh, chimpanzees or, or or men or whatever. I don't know how to equate it, but clearly our beloved special needs uh, uh, young people have uh, superhuman strength. And um, I this might be the time to uh, have the uncomfortable conversation uh, to get these unbelievably strong humans out of the classroom and into the workforce. Uh, perhaps uh, iron workers uh, building railroads and bridges. Perhaps uh, the the uh, quick, um, you know, in case uh, on staff at various airports, if uh, if a, a, jet, a freight jetliner goes off the runway, could quite easily uh, pick it up and get it uh, uh, righted. Um, this type of superhuman strength should not be in a classroom. 
we should not be teaching these people. We should be utilizing them uh, with their skill set. I mean, let's be honest here. The, the, the strength of them is, um, is well, they're strong suit. We're not, uh, these people are not uh, doing quantum physics here. And uh, I think we need to consider that these super soldiers could possibly use, be used in Ukraine. Um, they could quite easily, a pack of them, uh, attack that convoy 40 miles long and just uh, with one hand deposit uh, tanks and heavy uh, equipment down off the cliff. I, I see nothing wrong with this. This um, army of uh, uh, incredibly strong super soldiers can have a purpose in the world more so than just sitting there drawing uh, turkeys with their hands on, on tracing paper. So I don't know. I understand because, you know, I mean, this student obviously has a, uh, in addition to superhuman strength, has bloodlust and is a murderer. And um, you can't really go and punish a five-year-old with special needs who has an incredible strength uh, that I wish there was a terminology for that was acceptable. We need these people out in the field. In a wartime event, we can loan the population of the United States that are blessed with this gift to, they're probably bulletproof too, um, you cannot harm them. That is the explanation here. That's why this five-year-old was able to so easily dispatch this adult teacher. Now, when I said the amount of five-year-olds that I could uh, take in a fight, well, I was referring to a five-year-old that doesn't have superhuman strength, okay? And I don't have the ability to defend. I would be murdered, Okay. That is uh, just how I. Tyler writes, Task Force R. Arc Flash 480 says, Special Team 6. They could assassinate Putin. He'd never see it coming. It worked in Thunderdome. Master Blaster was no joke. This is the Facebook post by Eric that gets him banned next. Special needs kids wouldn't complain about a professor using bad language. Okay. All right. So we've established a little bit more of the details of this, and they should have said in that news report, that these children had uh, blank strength. They should have said that. And I, you know, I have heard about this strength, but I have never actually uh, caught it, you know, in the wild or heard about it in the wild. And we now have it in the wild. And this teacher keeps getting the shit beat out of her by this five-year-old child. Can you imagine this child when the child becomes 20? Just, I mean, my God. Do you remember in Game of Thrones when the Wildings um, attacked the wall 
and those big giants were like running. That's what I picture. Corky Strong. I don't know what Adam's talking about. She was just frail. I bet that the child is as strong as any other first grader. That is not true. Uh, And, you know, here's the thing. We could have our own nuclear war here in beautiful Hudsonville, Michigan. Because the queen of the forest, with her superpowers, is uh, leading a class of uh, these beloved students. Now, she has a certain charm with them, so I don't think she will be attacked. But if any of these super soldiers tries to harm her, you understand her. she's powered by Irish redhead. It's, it's never good to see her upset. And I can just imagine the if the class rebels on her, um, that mushroom cloud that will uh, blow up the school if that happens between those warring factions. So, my God, there is a lot going on there. That is absolutely incredible and an amazing story. The teacher is fucked. There is no doubt about it. This teacher is in bad shape. Um few more details about this. She was dazed and unresponsive. Uh, This happened in an area about 15 miles southwest of downtown Fort Lauderdale. The troubling incident began, as it said, when the five-year-old started throwing shit around, probably throwing like 300-pound objects with ease around the room. Youngster was taken to an empty cool-down room where the attack on the teacher took place. While the young suspect is still being investigated for possible aggravated assault with hands, fists, and feet, it's unlikely he'll be criminally prosecuted. Well, of course not. It's a five-year-old. And this five-year-old, I mean, a a five-year-old that uh, is not cognitively impaired doesn't have the ability to distinguish between right and wrong. So you know that this young one is just, you know, this is, uh, no. The lady is in her late 30s or 40s. She's about five foot four with a slender frame. Why, if you're the teacher's union, would you put her, allow her into this setting? This is the third time this has happened. This is a problem with the school. The school should not be putting this very vulnerable lady uh, to be with the possibility of being brutalized by a five-year-old super soldier. You need to put the biggest, burliest, gnarliest teacher in there to at least have a fighting chance, but even they wouldn't stand a chance, you know? You just need to have a padded room with reinforced adamantium walls. That's all you need to do. That's what you need to do with these children, okay? If you want to ensure the safety. Um, The five-year-old was between 50 and 60 pounds. The the, uh, teacher was bitten, horribly bitten. The district, though, did share a message that Principal Susan Sass sent to parents and staff acknowledging there had been an incident that occurred in school. This is more deadly than a school shooting, in my opinion. Our schools are more dangerous because of this threat. Um, at all times during the incidents, our campus was secured 
Sass reported, as always, the health and safety and well-being of our students and staff continues to be our highest priority. I don't think it does. School has nearly 800 students who range in age from pre-kindergarten through fifth grade. I mean, you cannot allow this student back into the school. I mean, there it could be, it would look like Jonestown. One day, if this kid rages out, he could kill all of these students in about three seconds. They need to abolish this kid from the school and just, I don't know uh, if the child has that much strength. Um, you remember that scene in King Kong um, when they're like transporting him and he's all chained up? Like, rawr, rawr, rawr. That might work. And in order to keep the rest of the community safe from this remarkably super strong menace, we need to either do that or get this child and loan the child to the Ukrainians as a super weapon in fighting off the Russians. That's how I feel about it. That's my opinion. And I, I, I stand by that. I will fight any of you uh, about this if you dispute it. Okay? Okay. That's where I stand on that. We have the asshole of the day coming up in mere moments. Smarter than a former drug dealer trivia at 1030 on Patreon. I have Terry uh, taking on Dale. Don't forget about tag accounting. Still time to bang on the door of the tax hobbit. To get your taxes done, 616-301-9516. Hell, even if you get past the deadline, there's still time to get your taxes done. Uh, Reach out to uh, the staff at Tag Accounting and have the tax hobbit do the taxes for you no matter where you are in the U.S. 616-301-9516. TagCPA.net is their website. Hands in. You can also just send an email if you want to get started that way. If you're new, you've never done this before, this is what it's going to take. You're going to end up sending in your previous year's return as a baseline. You're going to send in via, and you scan and upload via their online portal. Uh, Same thing for all your W-2s and any other documents that you have. You scan and upload to the portal. That's it. And then you're in the system. When it's time to get your taxes done, you will have a set time and a date. And then uh, be ready by the phone because you'll have a conversation with Troy while he's uh, doing your taxes. It's almost like a face-to-face. You can do face-to-face if you want. That's the way I do mine. Uh, Also, ask about him doing your business taxes. You know, that's how it is with the Eric Zane Show podcast. He is my tax accountant for the the business and personal. 616-301-9516. Tag CPA.net. Um, thank you for the continued partnership with Jason Mays at JM Synthetics. Okay. If you're a DIY pro or you need lubrication for any one of your, um, transportation, like a motorcycle, truck, light duty, heavy duty, four wheeler, uh, snowmobile, chainsaw, shop by device or shop by product at jmsynthetics.com. There's a phone number there on the website, 616-747-0233. After you know what you want, call them or text them. Say, hey, this is so-and-so. I am in this city and state. 
I listen to Eric Zane. I want this. And boom, it shows up at your door. It's just that simple. You'll pay him via Venmo or something like that. But uh, that's the easiest way to do it. That's what I recommend. Uh, Amsoil products, the best in the business. They invented synthetic motor oil. Uh, I just, I have another shipment arriving in my house. A couple jugs of oil, a filter, and an air filter for the embellisher. 616-747-0233. Online at jmsynthetics.com. Mention me when you order stuff, please. Finally, A and E heating and cooling. If you need scheduled maintenance, it's just not working right. Call because if you can wait, you'll save a lot of money to like a scheduled time during business hours. 616-516-8579. A E heating cooling.net. 616-516-8579. If you can't wait and you need an after-hours service call, they can get your heat on. You might pay for that. A little bit more than you would on a scheduled call, but uh, they can help you out. Kind of back into a deep freeze here. Uh, if you need a new one installed, new furnace, new air conditioner, 616-516-8579. That's uh, you know, obviously going to cost you a little bit. Uh, they install the Comfort Maker brand of furnaces and air conditioners, which are the best in the business. That's what you want. 96% efficient. I had my furnace tuned up. My furnace is, wow, 895 this was built. Or 96, it was, no, 95. 05, 15. So we're approaching 30 years on mine. I am going to need a new one. But I'm still at a whopping 89% efficiency in my furnace because of Joe Martinez. If you do need a new install, probably safe to get a couple of estimates. Joe is going to have the best price, but I always like doing this, where don't tell him you're doing that. Get a couple of estimates from whoever, and then have him last. And if by chance he doesn't beat it, say, yeah, well, Eric Zane said you're going to beat these two, and he's going to go, ah, fuck. And he will. 616-516-8579. I just published. No, I didn't publish. I just completed a new show. It had been too long since I did something for Compound Media. I did it yesterday. E-Rock said he will post it via Compound Media's uh, platform on Friday. So if you subscribe to those guys... It will be available there. That is show four of the Eric Zane Show podcast. A lot of the stuff you hear there you will have already heard before because you get it first here, and then I kind of do a different version of it for them. But it had been too long since I got one of those done. But uh, thanks to them for allowing me to uh, use their platform. All right, asshole of the day, what are you thinking? I uh, talked about I'm thinking I'll be bathing the NFK for life. Talked about his inability to prepare food in a uh, in a manner that doesn't leave an absolute mess. Destroys all packaging by cutting them open because his hands are like Mr. Krabs. An update on Barry Mailer, Professor ba- uh, Barry Mailer. Boy, man, I kind of want that guy to be teaching. Seriously. Uh, we talked about Ukraine. Helicopter down. Sky journalists attacked. Anonymous hacks Russian TV. 
captured Russian officers are saying, yeah, we were uh, we were told we were uh, fighting the Nazis. Which, how the fuck can you possibly believe that? Some NFL player getting suspended. Uh, we talked about our Arch Leitster and his notorious gambling. Five-year-old beats the fuck out of a teacher. Chris says, could it be Memard Strength Kid? We talked about nuclear war. Zane for firing up my debilitating anxiety over the nuclear war situation. Well, yeah, I know, but fucking you want to know you can survive a nuclear war. Ruski death squads get a vote. Uh, time for a whole new house energy audit. I know a guy. Oh, I guess there's a discussion about gasoline and oil. May says, what do you think powers the electric car pipe dream? Gas and oil. Without gas and oil, there's no recharging those bitches. He's right. I don't believe that electric cars are feasible, in my opinion. I don't. I think that this is all bullshit. I think uh, there are other technologies that may emerge that might be able to power those better. And as you know, I love the hybrids. You know? Asshole of the day, frail-ass teacher. You're saying the teacher is the asshole of the day? I don't get it. The five-year-old is the asshole of the day? Are you kidding me? The five-year-old's just using the, the, the gifts that God gave him. Rage, fury, and strength. So I don't know about that. Yeah, you guys are stupid. Blaming the teacher for getting beat up? Helpless. All right. I am going to blame... Uh, going to be wordy bear with me you know it's awkward silence it's like a book in my opinion the school needs to be the asshole today the school who let the teacher get beat up this again, this is the third time that this super soldier has beaten the shit out of the same lady. I mean, once is a oh, it's a fluke, but twice, come on. Three times? Oh my god. Um horrible. Third time she's been let out in an ambulance. They're getting sued. The school is getting sued. The school asshole of the day for um and you know, frankly. The mom and dad get a vote, too, of this five-year-old for letting their super soldier wander into the school and uh, wreak havoc like that. That is bullshit. Okay, that's it, folks. I'm done with this mess. As always, I appreciate you. Thank you, and I will uh, talk to you on the Patreon. Actually, before that, I got smarter than a uh, former drug dealer trivia in 22 minutes. Dale taking on Terry, and then the Patreon bonus. 
Have a good one, folks. Thank you. Bye-bye.